Scott and Liam versus Evil. So, are you looking forward to the weekend? I mean, yes and no. I'm kind of uh, apprehensive that you've planned some kind of weird, like, dress me up and hardly any clothes and tie me to a lamppost or something, but he's reassured me that that's not going to happen, but I'm, I'm, I won't know until I come home whether or not I've, I should trust you or not. If you come home. <laughs> yeah, if I come home, eh? We've booked three or four midgets to meet you at the airport. What, like, want to handcuff to everyone in my limbs, eh? Aye, two, yep. two of them will handcuff to each of your arms, and the other two have just got big giant dildos I'm just going to prod you as you go through security. That's good. Yeah, welcome to Scott and Liam vs. Evil, episode 64. I'm Liam. And I'm Scott. And this week it's my pick, so you know it's a fucking doozy. It is Plan 9 from Outer Space. How did you find it, Scott? Um, it, it, I, I watched it. <laughs> is, that, is that all we're getting? So far, I'll see how we'll see how these notes go as as a as a as I go through them. Um, it was an interesting watch. Was it your first time watching it? It, it was my first time. It took me like three or four sittings because I kept falling asleep. Not because the film was boring, but because I was just really shattered because I'd done a hell of a lot of shifts last week. So when I finally got and sat down and watched the whole thing, I was like, um, I was, uh, um, I don't, really, I'm not entirely sure. So many shifts because you're saving up all the money to try and get yourself out of prison. You're yeah. Uh, so Plan 9 from Outer Space was directed by Edward D. Wood Jr. Uh, and it was made in 1956, released in 1959 and has been dubbed as the worst movie of all time, which is fucking bullshit because it's absolutely amazing. I seen that, I read this as I got to the end of it, I was like, I was like oh, honestly is this film for real? And I was like, dubbed the worst film ever, which is why it got a kind of cult fan base and I was like right okay I can, I can understand that I, I don't think it's the worst film ever I've seen a hell of a lot worse I think it has a lot of charm to it which we'll get into but it kind of went away into TV obscurity until about 1980 when there was some book I think it was called like the Golden Turkey Awards or some nonsense like that dubbed it as the worst film of all time and then obviously everyone just jumped at it that Actually, it's fucking brilliant, and it had a massive cult following. But before that, from nineteen fifty nine to nineteen eighty, like it just it appeared in TV. Nobody, nobody really seen it for the the cinematic gem that it is. I wouldn't. I don't know if I go as far as say cinematic gem, as just <laughs> say it is a, a it is a movie that people just didn't know existed. <laughs> That, that's now the past few movies you have rated as, well, they are a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was filmed. <laughs> it was filmed. It did, it did appear in the cinema at some point. It is safe to state that the grandchildren of some of the people in this dinner will not be born on Earth. come from the bowels of hell, a transformed race of walking dead, zombies guided by a master plan for complete domination of the earth. Plan 9 from outer space. 
starring the most frightmarish cast ever. Bella Lugosi, the seductive vampira, and Thor Johnson as the walking dead. Turn off your electro gun! No! No! Stop it, Dennis! I can't get it, it's jammed! Stop it, you fool! Bullets bounce off their bodies. Rockets, missiles, jets cannot stop their death ships. What earthly power can stop this terror? For a glimpse of things to come, see this blast of screen suspense. For it could be happening right now. The synopsis is that aliens resurrect dead humans as zombies and vampires to stop humanity from creating the solar night, which is a sort of sun-driven bomb. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just jump straight into your notes and then just let me shoot all of them down. Yeah, well, I didn't read the synopsis before I watched the film. I knew nothing about it. I didn't have a clue what the film was supposed to be. So I'm sitting watching it, and as it's going through, I'm like, "Wait, is this a what is this a zombie movie?" I was like, "Wait, is this a vampire movie? Is it aliens? It's literally everything. It's 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 everything thrown at the wall, and nothing sticks at all. Like absolutely nothing sticks." I beg to differ. I think everything sticks. <laughs> It's like a giant sci-fi melting pot and it is, everything sticks. It is not a melting pot. Nothing melts together. This is definitely <laughs> bits of footage all stuck together and you can see the sellotape holding it together. <laughs> did you watch the original black and white version or did you watch the new coloured version on Amazon? I watched the coloured version on Amazon. Ah, the, the coloured version, I watched that as well for this, but I then went back and rewatched the black and white one as well. And I think... I think the colour version kind of ruins it a little. Yeah. Like, it's just, although it's not over the top in colour, it just kind of, it takes away the the kind of 50s feel to it in a, in a weird way. And yeah. I definitely enjoyed I enjoyed the black and white version way more. I know because you're like a, a cinematic racist and hate black and white movies that you probably wouldn't, but... I, I think you should go back and watch the black and white version as well and just see if you have any kind of different opinions, which you probably won't because you're a miserable cunt. <laughs> there are some scenes where it's like supposed to be daytime or nighttime or vice versa or whatever, and when the colours added in, it's you can clearly see it's different times of day. I don't know if this is if that's as obvious in the black and white one. I assume it's probably still noticeable, but certainly in the and when they've added colour to it, there's um, scenes that you're like, oh, that, they don't look that good. It's still incredibly, incredibly obvious. <laughs> Can I start with one of uh, one of the wee... Because I was going to say, I was uh, leave the worst film ever dubbed to the end because that's when I found out. <laughs> like, I was at the end. But what I found out at the end that I'm going to put here at the very start is that on the poster, they did put the uh, the tagline, almost starring Billy Lugosi. Um, now, because when I was watching this, as you'll see my notes, because I'll read them as uh, my notes verbatim as I go through, I was, uh, the footage of Billy Lugosi is just sh- like short clips. And I was like, did they use, like, why did they use that? And I was thinking, is he, is he dead? And I was like, fuck, is that dead? That's because that's in bad taste. But it turns out that he actually was starring in the film, but he died before they could finish it. But the director was a f- good friend of his, so he thought, no, Billy Lugosi would be happy for us to use it. Did you read up on, like, quite a bit on Edward afterwards? Um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think so. Just the Wikipedia or the IMDb page for this movie, I think I read. Have you ever seen the Tim Burton film, the biopic? Is that what is that what it is? Is that who it's based on? That is, that's based on this director, right? Oh, right. Johnny Depp plays him. Oh, I didn't know that. Martin Landau plays Bela Lugosi and won an Oscar. Oh, really? Yeah. 
There you go. Is that a good movie? Well, it must be if it's an Oscar winner. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really good movie, but it's in black and white, so you'll give it like one star and hate it. <laughs> uh, but uh, the whole point of uh, that was Edward and Bill Gozzi became like, really good friends, uh-huh. and Bill Gozzi was like out his tits addicted to morphine for years, and then he eventually went into kind of rehab. He was like the first celebrity, basically, to, to admit that he had a drug problem. And when he came out, he was going to be working with Edward. So they filmed some scenes for like various projects. And then when he died, Edward just thought, I'm going to shoehorn this into absolutely every part of this <laughs> film that I can. And also, obviously, used Bell goes his name to try and bring yeah. other cast members. Because they, like, obviously, if somebody came in and said, Oh, we're filming after he died, it was like, Oh, we're filming Bell goes his last film. Yeah. Obviously, everybody would, would jump at that, even after reading the script. <laughs> Aye. Well, yeah, I assume it probably brought in people to the cinema as well when it was when the movie was finished, putting Billy Gossie on the on the poster. Um, well, it should be. his performance in this is excellent. His performance in this, he he, he he knew what he knew what he was doing. The he whole continuously time. walks from a small piece of wooded land to the side of a, a small road as a vampire, like kind of covering his face, and he walks back into the woods. And then any other scene with the vampire supposed to be in it, it's a guy who's like twice the height of him just running about covering his face with a cape. We're different coloured here. <laughs> That's Edward's wife's chiropractor. Yeah. Who <laughs> luckily resembles him in so many Aye, ways. Sure. <laughs> it is oh my god. Just jump through your notes and then I'll keep giving you brief history lessons if I feel they're appropriate. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is the version that I've got is in colour. The acting is god awful and the sets look cardboard. They said it's wear cardboard, yeah. <laughs> and the acting was god awful. <laughs> why are female screams dubbed over in these old movies, and why do they always use screams that distort in the middle? It just looks ridiculous. The uh, I don't know. That's <laughs> the script is just all exposition. Like the like this, there's just too much words in the script. Why was he buried here, and was wife buried over there? Oh, that's just the family tradition. Blah 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 blah. There's no there's no need for all this information to be given to us at the start of here just you know just the movie doesn't make sense anyway we don't need to know why he's getting buried in a specific part of the cemetery I can't believe you missed out the whole start speech that made perfect sense and didn't use so many words where it said we're all concerned about the future because that is where we will spend the rest of our lives We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about 
grave robbers from outer space. <laughs> I like the start speech, but because I'd because I'd watched it a couple of times and fell asleep, I was I didn't go right back to the beginning. But I do enjoy the end speech, where it's the same guy finishing it off. Um, why does the zombie bride have twelve feet nails? Because it's vampire and she can do what she wants because yeah. she's an absolute fifties babe. She, um, she, she, what did she only get paid two hundred dollars because she says I'll be in the film, but I've read the script and I don't want to say anything, so don't make me a speaking part. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that I think that's a common misconception because none of the zombies spoke, so I think she was just at it because obviously after it came out, nobody was like, "Oh, vampire, you're amazing." So she was like, "Oh, it was because of the script. The script was brilliant." <laughs> why do why do their bullets not do anything now I'm not saying the bullets should kill the zombies or the vampires but they should at least like obviously make an impact ah but you don't need to because then when that big light in the distance fires a laser beam <laughs> it turns them into a, a skeleton anyway so <laughs> fuck, fuck the bullets that's, 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 for, that's way further on but that's, that is ridiculous that scene um, so my next note is uh, is this a zombie movie question um then you get uh, some footage of the alien flying saucers flying about town and they're just literally on fishing wire swinging about out of control. There is there is no, you know, there's no um, nothing. It's like one take and they've just been like, aye, that's fine, that'll do. That's what Edward was kind of known for, that he would never, he'd never take a he'd never try, shot. He'd never try hard. <laughs> aye, he, no, no, not at all. He always tried his hardest. Aye, he's not a perfectionist. Aye, he'd never take a second shot. He'd never give them any sort of direction. Which is also the the scene that near the start when they're in the cockpit. Yeah. Uh, you can see the guy on the if you're watching the screen, he's on your left, so he's like the first officer. He's reading off a script on his knee the entire time. <laughs> like it was so fucking obvious that he he has literally learned none of his fucking five lines. <laughs> the the all the, the cockpit scenes are all all both there's two of them I think or at least two of them and both of them are like that. They are so wooden and so terrible and yeah I I, I never noticed at the time but I could very believe that they're just reading scripts as the, as it's getting filmed. Did you notice that the, the cockpit chairs were just kitchen dining chairs? Aye, <laughs> because they don't look as if they're on an aeroplane at all. <laughs> and the curtain uh, behind them is also used later in the spaceship and in like three or four other scenes. To be honest, the actual the curtain is in it more than Bela Lugosi. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous, man. Oh, and the next note's uh, a quote. There comes a time in each man's life where he can't even believe his own eyes. <laughs> That's what it shows you the guy putting the bottle down after he's seen the UFO, which is well ahead of its time, because, like, Futurama and stuff put that wee joke in now. This is fucking 1956, and they were making a joke about how the guy was so drunk that he thought he was seeing things, so he put the bottle down. Well ahead of its time. This is the point in my notes where I'm asking the question, was this meant to be a serious movie at the time or was it always tongue-in-cheek? The voiceover that gets used throughout the movie could have been dubbed yesterday. It's almost like a, a Mystery Science Theater 3000 style overdub without like the obvious jokes. I think... Oh, no, well, at the time, it was one million percent meant to be a serious film. <laughs> Edward. Was it? <laughs> Edward, uh, when he grew up... This is a lot of this is from the Tim Burton movie, but also a documentary I watched. Growing up, Edward's mum always wanted a little girl. So used to just dress him up as a girl. So he kind of went into then adult life as an actual transvestite. And in the early 50s, there were there was a movie getting made that was all about this kind of famous transvestite like army officer 
that came out of the army and turned into a woman. So Edward went in and he's like, I've never told anyone this, but I love dressing women's clothes, so I'm the perfect director for this. And he made the movie. It was called Glen or Glenda. And he appeared in it like quite a lot, wearing these kind of big it's not cashmere sweaters, it's like big pink fluffy kinda what you imagine like your gran would wear at the bingo in the sixties. <laughs> right. Uh, Edward wore it all the time and the whole movie was basically like try to explain transvestism to the American public, but the whole while hammering home that he's not gay. He just loves women's clothes, but he's not gay. And apparently, which could be true, he said it was true, uh, he went through the whole of the kind of Pacific War, like Pearl Harbor, uh-huh. wearing women's underwear under his soldier outfit. So Edward was a weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then just always just wanted to be in Hollywood, wanted to be in about everything, make horror films, make sci-fi films. And it was always way bigger budget stuff, but nobody would then, nobody would be up for actually paying the budget. So you just think, fuck it, I'll do it myself. So this movie's got a lot of heart because Edward's trying his fucking hardest. <laughs> I mean... And as it's meant to be serious, he thought this would be a giant sci-fi epic. And because he was so positive, like, nothing phased him. At no point did he look at it and go, oh, that bit looks shit. Or, right, well, maybe the aeroplane shouldn't just have dining chairs. He was just like, I'm making a movie. This is fucking brilliant. And rolled it. Which, I think, there's a life lesson there. That anything's technically possible? Yes. (laughs) Right, so... The next note I've got is you... So this is when the, the aliens are flying by or they're getting close to Earth and then you just get a whole bunch of stock footage of army rockets being fired. Because yep. it's like, it's just, they're supposed to be in Hollywood uh, but then the army's firing rockets for like fucking the Namibia... <laughs> firing rockets for the Namibia desert and all sorts. I, it's like, it's like a, a five-minute war. Yeah. Just the same, the same three bits of stock image. thought I was watching World War Two in colour for a second. In the next scene, you see uh, an army general checking checking the uh, the success of the firing rockets. He's supposed to be standing outside, perhaps in Namibia desert, but he's just standing in front of a big blue wall. Like perhaps the <laughs> blue wall that Truman gets to in the Truman Show when he tries to leave the world. It's just a painted blue wall pretending to be sky. And in fact, I'm really surprised if there's a shadow of him on the wall, on the sky. I have no idea what you're talking about. I was convinced that was actually <laughs> the same stuff. <laughs> I think in his, in his earlier films as well, he, he loved stock footage, see, because obviously he gets it for nothing. Right. So he would actually, the stock footage he had, Ibella Lugosi that he was filming, that's how he then wrote this script. He wrote it around it, so he knew he had to have an old man in it. He knew he had to, like, have this dying old man at the graveyard. So obviously his wife died, so that's why the wife zombie was there. And he just wrote the whole script about trying to fit Bella Lugosi in this film, which is respectful as shit, man. I bet you could have wrote, I don't know, I mean, I guess maybe they were fed up with, with vampire films, I guess UFOs were all the rage back in the 50s. Um, oh, well, of course. Roswell and all that. So, see, this, is, this must be the part of the movie where you get told what Plan 9 is. <laughs> uh, and Plan yeah. 9 deals with the resurrection of the dead, so it is a zombie movie, an alien zombie movie. <laughs> yep, with vampires. <laughs> <laughs> also yeah with vampires so this is when you get to see a whole big bunch of the alien or the two two aliens talking quite a lot and it's quite convenient uh, to just make the aliens like full humans just in shite clothes <laughs> you're filming a film in your, your back garden or a wee studio that you've managed to get you're going to do anything within the budget so yeah fuck it Why? What, who's to say that aliens aren't humans 
<laughs> and the, 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 the leader alien wears a medieval knight costume. Oh, I know. I, I, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. <laughs> So, like, when when he's telling her Plan 9 and they're just, or, it's, or maybe they're back at the, on Earth, I'm not entirely sure, but the script in this movie is just full of exposition. Their chat is just full of details, and it's details that the person that they're talking to should already know. You know what I mean? The, 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 the conversation shouldn't be happening in that much detail. It's all for our benefit. But to, to a modern audience, like to me, it's too much information. I'm like, fucking, this just doesn't feel real at all. I don't believe that you're um, aliens because you're really unprepared if you have to tell each other the whole plan every time you talk to each other. Did you not wonder what happened to the first eight plans? <laughs> I didn't, but now I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got... Um, so I think the next part I've got here is when the like pilot or the army general or whoever it is is leaving his wife who's because who, they've bought a cheap house on the cemetery but just so happens to be the cemetery where the zombies and the vampires are getting up from. Convenience. Uh, he's like, uh, I need to go, but I'm really worried about you. Uh, I won't be happy until you're in locked inside in there. And she's like, the saucers are up there. The cemetery is over there, and I'll be locked in there. I'm like, fucking good, good script writing, man. Good script writing. <laughs> she also goes into the door and doesn't lock it. She just shuts it behind her twice. I don't. Nobody locked the door in the fifties. And that's why Ra- raping, ha- raping home invasions didn't really come into play until like the fucking late 70s, so or I'd just do the same. Or the women were told not to talk about it. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's a different sound. Topical. <laughs> um, so, I, so he's like, oh, I'm so sad to leave you for a, for a while. And she's like, sorry, I've got your pillow. And I'm like, oh, she's definitely going to fuck her pillow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just hit, say, Scott, how does one fuck a pillow? You can search for it online. There's, there's clips clips of people actually fucking pillows yeah like female on pillow action yeah. or yeah. male on pillow action no no first one it's, it's everywhere if you write if you type the right words in female on pillow yeah that's not an actual thing yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pause this podcast <laughs> and go and search this is that women fucking pillows yeah nah what you searched for already no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying... You're not actually doing it? Right. No, I honestly... Is it an actual thing? Yeah. Right, give me two seconds. <laughs> women. Right, women on pillow. Actually, I'm trying to take this from my left hand. Women on pillow action. Because your right hand's busy. Got you. Uh, <laughs> pillow talk with bisexual girl. Pillow fight. Images for women on pillow action. There's absolutely no women on pillow porn. Not on um, them. What are you searching? Women on pillow. Google. Well, it was women on pillow action, and now I'm searching women on pillow porn. Girl humps pillow porn. Yeah, there you go. What? Two seconds. This, uh, in fact, a lot of this stuff is open as Lena's work stuff, so <laughs> I probably should have owned Pornhub, but... Oh my God. Yeah, it's a real thing. Pillow humping orgasm compilation. 1.5 million views, 74% thumbs up. Oh, it's a compilation as well. Those are the best ones. Who went on just to downrate a pillow humping <laughs> orgasm compilation? <laughs> Some people got way too much time in their hands. That's the same as, see, uh, YouTube comments. Who bothers watching a full video just to be like, nah, rate it down and say something fucking stupid? Why waste your time? Literally, all the other ones are all like 80 odd percent, 90 odd percent. 
there's one like 98% which makes you think that three people have went on watched it and they went well, that's not the type of woman humping action that I wanted and I then, think I think it's quite weird that people rate videos anyway uh, sexy slut comes by pillow masturbation has got a hundred percent thumbs up. Yeah, you but go. they've only they've only been watched five hundred and fifty-seven times. So. You need to look at you need to look at how much. Yeah, there's a lot of different things you look at. Don't just take the percentages as granted. Oh, they're mixing it in now. <laughs> Amateur girl slave humping a pillow. Why? Why, why does she have to be a slave? Those pillows are serious business, man. This is fucking weird, man. Giant pillows are actually watching this. Like when you go to work, pillows are on your own Pornhub. Just like, oh, I just want to watch just women fuck other people like me. Yes. Oh, you have opened you have opened Pandora's box here. A whole new world. Oh. A whole new world. HD, 21 minutes, 131,000 views. Very horny girl humping pillow. You didn't need to specify how horny she was. <laughs> <laughs> if she was fucking a pillow, I could kind of guess. <laughs> oh, right, I'm coming off that. Yeah. That's fucking wild. <laughs> right, sorry. Right, and now back to our feature presentation. <laughs> My Mac just kept saying, hey, let's clean your Mac after visiting adult sites. <laughs> <laughs> MacShiny.com. <laughs> that is obviously a pop-up. Oh, well done you've just you actually just ruined my computer I've had this for like f- fucking three years and I've never once went on a porn site on it yeah well I'm glad so I'm glad to have um, pushed you in that direction <laughs> right so I'll go back to the movie this is when I've got my, my note now obviously we've talked about this already that uh, Bella Lugosi is actually in it but when I didn't realise this when I was through my first watch so I've got a quote and it's like but from the blast arose the moving figure of the dead old man. And I'm like, dressed like Bela Lugosi's Dracula. And I was like, oh wait, that's archive footage of actual Bela Lugosi. <laughs> um, I think Bela Lugosi never got over the fact that he was Dracula. And that was one of the capes he wore. Like, as he was portraying Dracula that's, on stage. That's one of the capes he wore his whole life. I don't think he ever changed out of that outfit. If you were the original Dracula, would you not fucking dress as Dracula the whole time? I don't know, I feel as if probably the end of his life he was still turning up. I'm going to suck your blood. And they're like, Bella, man, fucking eat a rest. Eh? We're, at, we're, we're at lunchtime, the sun's up, you're not a real vampire. That just says that you are all shite, pals. If I was Dracula and I turned up in a cape, I'd expect you to be every time, no matter if it was fucking 20 years, 30 years, if it was a week, I just want you to be like, oh, there's Dracula. You are like, full enthusiasm all the, the time. End of the fact you were in the little vampire. <laughs> I wasn't a little vampire. <laughs> Actually, see, see if I was a vampire character, I'd still be wearing a fucking cape. But I just pushed a bike, and I'm not going to push a bike around my entire life. So. You still wear your double denim, though, for that scene, so. Ah, uh, I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you guys are shite pals, man. Uh, <laughs> Bella Lugosi's pals should have known that that was his fucking, the peak of his career, and just to humour him. If, if Lon Chaney was still going to be dressed as the, the Wolfman, Looking like the wee Mexican wolf boy, you'd be like, oh, "Oh, mate, that's scary." Every time I see it, even though I've seen it every day for the past ten years, just I, back your pals up. I don't know. I think in real life you would get bored of that pretty quickly. Nah, treat pals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My next note is pretty pretty straightforward. Graveyards are spooky places. I love driving through them and getting to the old part with the stones that are over a hundred years old. But then I thought it's also quite sad. If you think about like how a graveyard kind of works, right? So basically, obviously, graveyards are based on religion, but also as a as a way to get rid of bodies because like the whole world would be stinking if all the bodies get left lying. So 
if you look at the old gravestones, let's say like a hundred years old, their story stopped. Their story stopped way before we even existed, right? So their children would have mourned them for a while. But mm-hmm. at this point, their children and potentially even their children's children will all be, as families tend to do, buried somewhere in the same graveyard. So there's like, so that old stone that's like in disrepair and all like kind of get mold and stuff growing it and moss is that story fully stopped when their children died and their children's gravestone is now starting to fall into disrepair because their children have also died and it's like our generation that's left. So you, you mean you don't go to the graveyard and see your, your, you know, your grandparents' grave or whatever and you know like make sure it's all nice and put flowers on it. You don't go and find your great grandparents and your great great grandparents because you never knew them. But that line still like descended to you to like go and find the grave because if that's what it means, if looking at a grave means that you're somehow speaking to the dead to say, oh, by the way, I'm still thinking of you and. Uh, you know, there's the place has changed a bit. There's a new Chinese restaurant opened up where the pub used to be, and all that kind of stuff. You'd be, you need to go and tell the the really old folk as well and say, "Oh, the mines are all shut, and Maggie Thatcher fucked you over, but you were dead before then." So, you know, you know, when yeah, does it end? They, you, the ghosts of your great great grandparents must fucking hate you if you just go down to tell them about how there's a new Chinese open where the pub used to be. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a real a real fucking misuse of spiritual telepathy right there it's, uh, it's just I don't like, think they actually on you go no I was just like trying to say it's pointless you know once you're dead you're dead like end of story I don't think they actually bury bodies in the graveyard what do you think they do I, I think they pretend and then they like just harvest them all and then spread it around everywhere and that's why we get sand sand just, yeah that's why the beaches are just full of sand because where else does sand come from where does muck come from I don't know, I can't see a conceivable way you could turn a, a harvested body into mud, but you could do it in sand, because if you just grind it really, really fine, and then just put it on the no, you, you would turn it to ashes? Ah, and then ashes maybe lead to being sand. Mm. I've not really thought my theory no. through. Uh, I'll do it after my, my three years of uh, girl humping power <laughs> videos. I used to want to be burnt to ashes and then fired into space, but then I... Um, we heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about how being buried is the best way to feed the earth and make it a better place for you and for me and the entire human race. How? Um, just because your body, you you feed the earth, I don't know, you wee worms in that, your body and you just like melt into the world and then it's, you know, back your life force back into the, the what is it in um, Final Fantasy, what they call it, the, the, the life force or something? Uh, back into I the, don't know. I don't know. So I was, I was thinking of doing that. But I was also going to donate my body to science, and I'm going to donate all my organs because it makes sense. Ugh, science is going to fucking go back four steps. Uh, <laughs> I think, say if you if you get buried to feed the earth and feed worms, are you not just then going to create a real-life tremors when the worms eat all the humans and get fucking freakishly big and then start attacking? So you could actually be ruining the world. because it's the the circle of life is what it is and it, it moves us all but you've seen the size of a worm imagine a worm eating a, a full human not one at a time it's got to be like 50 million worms eating one human there's enough for them all so you're feeding you see how many you're feeding and then they worms will get fat and then they'll kind of cling to the surface and the birds will eat them and the birds will like, oh man I'm fucking so energised and then they'll be able to migrate to Africa where they'll get eaten by lions who then will um, go be like oh I'm fucking stuffed now and then they won't eat the people and then the people will survive and then that's why we're in this position in the first place this is why we picked up the tools started shaving 
But then why why get buried in a coffin? Why not just get thrown into a hole so the worms can get to you? Well, I will, but I don't think it's legal, so I will get buried in like a cardboard box or something like that, I think. I don't know if that's if that's legal either. Yeah, well, the cheapest the cheapest one in the shop. I'm not interested in like some ridiculous. Because what's the point? See that honestly, what's the point? See when I die, I literally will say my family. I swear to God, cheapest of the cheap you can get, and then just you know like remember me like some other way, plant a tree or something, put a wee gold plaque on it, and forget me like you don't you don't need to spend like fucking eight grand to put me in the ground. Literally, just leave me up an alleyway somewhere like and I put me in a bin in the back of Hope Street or something. Like just leave me honestly. Where's the point? Put on a gold plaque and then forget me. So like, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point of the gold plaque? I just I know they cost about like five quid or something. So <laughs> I'm thinking more. I'll get cremated and then I want my all my ashes put in a pillowcase and then just thrown <laughs> a twenty year old Nubile Horny team. Well, that's a good way to go. <laughs> I just want my ashes fucked for the next five years <laughs> by pretty horny or very horny day teen sleeves. <laughs> kind of like it. I like it. <laughs> right, um, so right back to this this movie. They were they were in the graveyard, and this is where the the ghost, uh, the the vampire man, has got up and started walking about. But the vampire lady is still walking about, and I think the vamp the zombie man, the police chief, is now stoking about as well. But it's nighttime in the graveyard, uh, where the three beasts keep repeating the same actions because because uh, it's the same footage. They just walk a couple of steps forward and like their their own wee cardboard sets, and then it goes to like the cops coming to get them and it cuts back to them and they're just kind of walking in the same bit again it's just repeating the same stock footage over and over again uh, but then like somebody's out I don't know it's, oh, it's the woman who tried, is supposed to have locked herself in the house is now out running about through the cemetery for some fucking god knows reason and she runs out to the to the road but it's like it keeps cutting to the, the, the three the three beasts in pitch black just staring as if they're catching up in her but they're always in the same place and she's running through the woods like screaming her head off distorting uh, all over the place and it cuts back to them and they're in the same fucking bit just staring as if I'm like they're not getting it, they're not anywhere near her not to mention the fact that it's pitch black where the beasts are and she's out in the road and it's daytime but in the 50s maybe maybe <laughs> you could be convinced that it was real plus also va- Vampire what did she take $200 yeah the big guy's Tor Johnson he probably took a good like, a good bit of money so Edward could probably actually afford them for like one day shit. So yeah, he's just got to keep using that same footage. It's very, it's very practical and very kind of like he's using his time and his money very wisely. I think you could fool audiences a lot easier back then. Well, I probably. Um, but so this is when I'm asking why didn't they just get an actor to play the vampire instead of the 30 seconds of footage they did have of Bela Lugosi and then the rest with a clearly different guy covering his face with a cape and fucking completely two different hair colours because I don't think I don't think MD would have went to see it if it wasn't for Bela Lugosi's name being attached in some way and I do think Edward was just doing it as like a kind of tribute to his old pal and I, I think if if, Ed, if uh, Bill goes his name wasn't attached to it at all, I don't think we'd be talking about this movie now. I don't think we would even know it existed. Yeah, I, I think so. I agree with you, actually. And also, it's one of those things that it actually makes, we should talk about the end, it makes the movie funnier and it gives it that wee charm because you know it's not Bill Lugosi, you know it's some <laughs> other guy who's fucking like a foot taller. <laughs> but does it ruin the movie? No, not at all. It actually... It gives it kind of rewatchability because you're like, 
oh fuck, here's that scene coming up where it's not Bella Lugosi. All right, here's that random Bella Lugosi one where he's walking down the street. Like when the old man gets hit with the car at the start, it's him walking out the house and it just cuts to a random <laughs> fucking, uh, fucking five second footage of a car driving down a completely different busy street. Yeah. And they have a tire screw and it's like, oh, no man died. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> oh man, no. Um, <laughs> what the fuck do you mean oh man no <laughs> right so it's night time again in this movie um, so is Long Nails a vampire or a zombie I think she's meant to be a zombie but her character when she was on TV is vampire so yeah. it was probably also in our $200 contract that I'll turn up as vampire and you can fucking deal with it that's right because she she dressed her, she got ready herself and then jumped the bus to go and film it so she travelled in her Vampire outfit. Aye. She was like a very early days uh, Elvira, who's also a babe. I don't get her either. She, what is even even is she? She just like they used to host like the see if you had a horror film on well basically the horror channel. Yeah. See if we were on the horror channel and we had our tits out dressed as gothy women and like before a movie it'd be like oh I'm drinking from my chalice. Well up next is Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Oh, this is a good one. Enjoy or be scared. And it would cut, and then every time at the advert, it would cut back to me drinking out my chalice with my massive tits. So that's basically what they, they used to do. Yeah. Um. So, uh, horror channel. If uh, you're actually listening to this uh, <laughs> episode right now, that is our pitch to if you want a Elvira style introduction to your movies, we'll come on, we'll drink from chalices, and we'll get our tits out. So. I think that's. Yeah. I think everybody wants to see that before you play um, Hostel and Hostel Two. Well, incidentally, if you also want us just to come on and just fuck pillows, because apparently <laughs> it's, in, it's really in vogue just now, we'll do that as well. We're down for it all. Um, <laughs> right, so I've got a question: uh, How is scaring a housewife and a couple of town cops with three monsters going to stop humanity from creating a sun bomb? <laughs> because <laughs> it's meant to be that. The first eight plans are aliens trying to talk to us to tell us to stop doing what we're doing, stop ruining the world, stop building weapons. That oh, eventually, once we set fire to, there's a, a, a massive description that the the fucking lead alien tells them that if we set fire to Earth, Earth will burn and then all sunlight particles will catch fire and it will then burn the sun, which will then explode, and it will ruin the entire universe. So the aliens are looking out for themselves, but won't to scare us into a frenzy, so we then listen to them and go, all right, shit, we shouldn't be setting fire to the sunlight particles. It's all science, man. All uh, science. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it certainly certainly is. Um, and the week, the week we lost Stephen Hawking, this is probably the most scientific thing that's going to be in this episode. I don't uh, see anything wrong with it. My sister sent me a, a, a thing on the chat we've got with the, me and her and my brother, uh, and it was she was saying, look at this, some Twitter feed about a guy who's claimed to have found the missing airlines flight, the Malaysian Air, and it was supposed uh-huh. to t- tie into a new end of the world and tie into Stephen Hawking's death. And Don sent us it and says, you think this is real? And um, we had to, we read, I read through the whole thing, Stephen didn't... Um, he said he didn't even bother to check it, but it was it was supposed to be. This, she said at the start, it's like this guy got a an answer phone message um, from something, and um, 
that it just was talking like um, police alphabet, like uh, alpha, beta, gamma, and it was like like spelling out a whole story. And basically, uh-huh. it's supposed to translate to uh, it wasn't it wasn't human uh, going down, maybe maybe stay away or something along those lines. And uh, it turns out she's like uh, she's like, the voicemail was creepy though. And um, Steve seems I didn't listen to read it, but um, he, the guy's just adding in big words and trying to be trying to sound smart. I'm asking because in it, it just said it just related to Stephen Hawking saying Stephen Hawking said something bad will happen in 2018, and I was like, when did he say did he say that? <laughs> also, the guy claims that the 18th of April 2018 will be the next rupture, and uh, I was like, wait a minute, even if he spelled rapture correctly, the fact that he says the next rapture shows that he's a f- uh, full of crap. But um, <laughs> basically, Stephen kind of put back and says. Uh, do we need to mention that solar flares won't cause a plane's black box to phone you? This is what, this is what the whole thing based on. They tried to say that a solar flare, like um, this is why I'm talking about this because obviously the solar bomb thing that's in this movie, a solar flare uh, b- boosted the Malaysian Airlines signal from the black box and it ph- and it phoned some guy in America who got the voicemail message from the Malaysian Airlines black box saying the aliens caused them to crash somewhere. It's like, that's, that will not happen. <laughs> Everything you just said there was more illogical than Edward's script for this fucking movie. More logical, yeah, I know. No, more illogical. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think happened to the Malaysian Air- Airways flight? Now that you've watched that possibly true video? Um, well, Aliens obviously, obviously took it. They took it? Yeah. Took it for what? Um, Probings. But they always, they always have done through the ages. Why would, take a, why would they take a full plane to probe? Because they tend to take like um, hillbilly farmers from the middle states of America, so they thought they would just take a, a bunch of Malaysians, you know, different. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't Malaysians, I think it was it all like a, a paper sales team. A paper like, sales I team. No, I think it was like a paper, like a like fucking A four paper, like a paper conference, and there was loads of a like, paper conference. How the hell can there be a, yeah. a paper conference? <laughs> Does that sound like the most boring thing in the whole entire world? <laughs> it, sounds, it, sounds less bo- it sounds less boring than paper conference. <laughs> I don't know, it's a bit spicy. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually just like, like salt and paper. It's just random table paper. A full conference on it. Do you like the the, the, the black peppercorns or the, the, the... That's it, is there any other type of peppercorns? Yeah, there's white peppercorns and then there's also green peppercorns and pink peppercorns and you can also get rainbow peppercorns. Sounds like somebody's really fucking desperate to go to this pepper conference. I fucking get my tickets next year or no flying Malaysian Airlines, that's for sure. Right, so <laughs> the alien um, tells them the big story, right? So it tells them that we got about the sun bomb and all the rest of it. And then the next line is um, from one of the army guys. Find them, General, and find out what they want. I was like, they just fucking told you what they want? <laughs> they stop destroying the fucking universe, you're numpty. It's like, oh. So we've had a lot of full up. Uh, scenes of the aliens there's I think there's two or three of them that we get to see and the main one is dressed like a medieval nobleman I'm like is this like <laughs> Attack of the Bat Monsters was this made on the back of another project is he just reusing all these old props I think at Hollywood at the time there's like a props place you can go to just like a, and, a big cupboard aye and obviously if you've not got a budget you just take what's there and you know Bibby Edward thought not everyone will know that's a medieval axe <laughs> on the front of his medieval costume <laughs> It looks like a, it looks like an, an alien logo or like an, an alien alphabetic letter, possibly. <laughs> it's uh, I don't I have no idea, man. So we get to this is the, this is the part again. I'm asking again. Why do bullets do absolutely nothing? 
this is um, two different cops are fired off their whole clips, their whole uh, six shooters into this, into the old man, and he's walking towards them. This is not Bella Lugosi anymore. This guy is the tall guy, and he's walking towards him, covering his full face, and they are shooting from the hip, hitting this guy on the hips. And even if it's not going to kill him, it's going to, you know, he's going to react. He's going to like kind of bounce back at least, but nothing. He just walks straight towards them. They're just firing caps, and then, then the, the, this, is this one, is it a laser beam? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like. And I still don't get how two vampires in a zombie can save the universe, especially since the old man turned into a plastic skeleton. So when, so the, what is it? The, the aliens zapped him and turned him into a skeleton. I think that's what it is. I think Although, the, 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 light from, the lights from the graveyard, and that's where one of the ships crash landed. So the, the zap came from the UFO to kill the alien and like backtrack on their plan. And I've just had a, had a, had a thought. You probably already know this, uh, but if uh, Tim Burton likes Ed Wood and he made a program about Ed Wood. Then Mars Attacks is like that. Certainly, their guns turning into skeletons is straight from this. Then, oh yeah, well, a million percent. Even though that it's a plastic skeleton, the same plastic skeleton from House last week, and then the same plastic skeleton from House and Haunted Hill like a couple weeks ago. There you go. We've got a theme going for the first time ever in Scotland versus <laughs> Evil, apart from our serial killer season that lasted two movies. Yeah. <laughs> we now have a theme going. Dodgy plastic skeletons. Yeah, man. Right, so um, once the so that's that's the the old man uh, ghoul is what he was credited, but basically the vampire guy dealt with. He's now a plastic skeleton, and then they <laughs> decide to go after the aliens or go after the vampires, the vampire lady and the zombie. Uh, and one of the generals tells the housewife to go back inside, and she says, "No, fuck that. I'm coming with you." And uh, then somebody remarks, hmm, "Modern women." They've been like this all through the ages. I'm like, fuck the hell. All right. Um, 1956, you can get away with that. Uh, so the, I think they hatch a plan. Uh, I'm not entirely sure um, what their plan is, but they're stocking up for it. And uh, so they're, they're grabbing guns and everything else. And then the guy, one of the guys says to the other guy, do you think we'll need these? And he says, you never can tell. I was like, eh, yeah, you can, you're a rocket. You just watched nine bullets do fuck all a minute ago, which changed in the last 60 seconds. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody's thought this script through. I think he, I think he has thought it through. So. <laughs> just obviously, <laughs> he just, in the 50s, he didn't know if any of that shit was true. Like, who's to say a sun bomb couldn't have worked? In the 50s, they didn't know. Well, in the 50s, the general public didn't know if a sun bomb could work. Bear in mind, they were all still fucking terrified about like nuclear war and stuff. So this could be scary. A sun bomb could be terrifying. A sun bomb. But the, the bit with the gun, did you not notice that the whole, every time those three policemen are on screen, the detective is just, like, he's just firing about his gun. Like, he's scratching his face with it. He's holding it backwards. It's just... He's like juggling it. He just looks like he's never handled a gun before. I read this in the trivia uh, on IMDb that he he was like pointing it at himself and everything just to see if the director uh, would notice. To which he did not notice. But I never noticed uh, it when I was watching it. Forgot to look out for it. Do you, do you, when you watch it, you go, "What the fuck is he doing? Why is he scratching his face with a gun?" But it was just because they were all like, "That man has never directed before. He does not know what he's doing." And then he just started firing about with the gun, and Ed would never, ever stopped him. He never pointed it out. He was always just like, oh, brilliant take. Next, and he kept going. Because he literally did not give a fuck. He just wanted his movie out there. And I think it was just to give Bella Lugosi a wee tribute. And I think that's admirable and respectful. <laughs> and I think it's really nice. My <laughs> uh, next uh, note is a quote. We haven't seen the last of those weirdies. 
<laughs> so it's not even weirdos, it's weirdies. I don't even remember that one. <laughs> it's, I think it's right before um, some other quote is like, see, you're stupid minds, you're stupid, stupid, stupid. Like, God, this whole movie is stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> oh, so I've got, I think one of my last notes is, um, can you prove that it didn't happen? I think the general was asking that. Like, <laughs> can you prove that it didn't happen? I don't even know, man. I think that's actually how the whole movie ends. It's basically like, can you prove that any of this didn't happen? <laughs> no, then fucking shut up and just don't bother slating the movie because it could be factually correct. Have you got anything? I. It's quite good that they talk about a whole government conspiracy, government cover up with the UFO, which in the fifties, that's quite a bold move to put that in the cinema. Like it didn't things didn't start getting free love and free fucking freedom of speech till the sixties when everybody just got their tits out and didn't give a fuck. Uh, so it's quite a bold thing to say. Oh, by the way, the government are hiding UFOs from us in yeah, 1956. Yeah, aye. This movie was so ahead of its time. Edward's actually a genius. I I don't know if I would go that far, but it, I mean it, it was all right. Hey, what's, your, what's your final summary then? My final summary, it's a it's a fun short romp through a story that doesn't make any sense. The science <laughs> that they have fully invented just for this movie. The archive footage, uh, just to add barely go say to the credit list and probably up the interest in the film, is misplaced. However, that was before I read about the, the friendship between the director and barely go say, so it's, maybe yeah. it's a little bit alright, but I think it still is just to up the movie. It could have been an episode of Star Trek or The Twilight Zone rather than its own movie. And what, what, what's your rating? <laughs> Six mute vampires out of ten. Six? Six. That's actually way more than I thought you would give it. Really? See, like, House, last week I thought you would go the other way and, like, give it a really high score. And this is the one I thought you'd go low. But you've kind of done... Well, what did you give House? Like, six give, as well? I think I gave House a six as well, yeah, yeah. Eh. I will. You're if nothing but consistent, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think what, what, what do you take away for this film then like w- would you ever watch it again uh, I might I might watch it again because it, it it wasn't it was enjoyable it wasn't difficult to watch it didn't make any sense but once you kind of were aware that it wasn't going to make any sense it's like it's easy enough just to kind of sit through it you know I think at the very beginning it's obvious it's not going to make sense because the guy starts speaking about how he's predicting the future and he's going to talk about this thing that will happen in the future. And then by the end of the sentence, or by the end of the paragraph, he's like, and anyway, we'll discuss what happened on that fateful night. And he's just in complete results back to past tense. You're like, well, when did this take place? Is it the future? Is it, has it happened? Is it happening now? See, you know, you know it's going to be nonsense, but I think it's get because there's so many silly bits like in the graveyard because all the graves are made out of cardboard there's scenes where they fall over there's scenes where they boom mics there's scenes where characters are reading scripts or <laughs> scripts are being held off camera all that shit once you watch it you, you want to go back and show somebody and go look, look this is fucking brilliant he's pointing the gun to himself <laughs> look the big fat guy can't actually get out of the grave he's, he's struggling to get out of the grave <laughs> I mean, I guess for all those things, it, it does have its charms. And I, and I did um, read how they wanted to do an episode of Mrs. Science Theatre for it, but there was so much dialogue like squeezed in, there was no space for them to do dubbins <laughs> over the top of it because the script is just exposition. It's just details all the way through it. However, one of the guys from Mr. Science Theatre has done a, a commentary 
on the maybe it's like a Blu-ray release that it got or something. I'm not sure, but he's he done uh, a, a commentary track on it. I think he done the commentary track on the the colorized version, right. which is the one that's on Amazon, which right. I think was 2005 or you six. Can, you can't add you can't add any special features on Amazon, can you? Know you can only just watch it. Ah, uh, you can only just watch yeah, yeah. it. Uh, but there is a there's a riff tracks, which is essentially the same. I think it's actually the same people for uh-huh. History Science Theater. There's a riff tracks version of it up on Amazon where they oh, talk really? over it the whole and time. And do you yeah. do they play the movie as well or is it just the track? It's but they play the movie as well. I've not watched it. I've right. not so I don't know if it's any good. I don't know if they've actually just cut the audio and put their audio in. Right. I've just seen that it was uh, available on Prime. But I, I it's got such it's got such heart. See because basically Edward wrote this script to try get a movie out there and then try incorporate Bela Lugosi his dead his dead friend who just wanted another big role to try write a script around that make a movie that everyone said you can't make this the budget's far too big you'll never be able to afford it nobody's going to give you money for it and he thought fuck it I'm going to do it myself I think that's admirable and it's actually it makes it so pleasant to watch because the guy's trying his fucking hardest and he, do, he doesn't care he's just happy to be making a movie and there's so many good takeaways from it. Imagine drunk we are pals showing them this film. That's why I thought we should do this as a, an alternate commentary for you to watch it for the first time. Because I think that as you're watching it and pointing out all the silly continuity errors and mistakes and just fucking daftness, it, it just makes it so good. There's so much charm. I think um, I do. I do agree with you. I think it would be a really good fun movie to watch with friends when you've been having a drink. Uh, all in a commentary would probably run into the same problems that Mystery Science Theatre claimed at the start of it. There's no really space to talk about it, like like to talk at the same time as watching it, uh, to record something. But I think it is, it is a movie. I think I'll watch it again. I'm not. I'm not. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, and I haven't. I haven't wrote it off. So I probably will watch it again. I like the way that it ends. I like the the wee speech to play it out. It's like almost. It was quite good. I think there's uh, again also on Amazon. It's like a remake for 2015, and I started watching it because I don't. I'm not against remakes, as you know. The original still exists, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was watching this and I was like, I don't understand what they're doing. Are they remaking it? Are they taking the piss out of it? I just couldn't tell what the tone was, so I stopped watching after like 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, I maybe mean, actually need to look at it and say, is it meant to be a straight remake or is it meant to be a parody of it? Because you just couldn't tell in the first 20 minutes right. and it was just annoying me. I'd always give us a 9. See, just because the first time I watched it and it was after the Tim Burton film where I actually went back and thought I was hip and cool going back and finding these obscure movies and I just thought it was brilliant. Like, when the graves fall over, I was like, oh, I've noticed that, I've noticed that. And then by the end of it, you realise that it's not actually that hard to notice all the continuity errors <laughs> in it. And it was just, it was just a fun watch. And it doesn't matter if you if somebody talks to you during it because if you miss any of the dialogue, it doesn't fucking matter. It's not like you're gonna miss any of the story. It's not like something's gonna make less sense to you if you miss anything they say, because it's all nonsense. Yeah. Have I have I talked you up from a six, maybe a seven? Um no, I'm gonna stick with my rating. However, you have <sighs> talked me into definitely giving it more allowance than I was going to give it, so like definitely to watch it again and to appreciate it more, definitely, yeah. You've talked me into that, but I'll keep my rating the same. Watch the black and white version. I'll give it in DVD if you want. Right. It's on Amazon Prime, but I think you've got to pay like £2.50 for it. Uh, but I'll 
but the black and white version because that's the way it should be it should be seen I think it it excuses some of the mistakes so the daytime nighttime I, it's still obvious in the black and white but it's it's, it's not, not as obvious yeah I, it's no it's not so annoyingly obvious yeah. as the coloured version uh, and it's definitely it's really good and until I watched the coloured version I had no idea that Vampira's nails were pink yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just thought they were like a kind of like a grey like everything else so that was quite interesting unless they've just made that up as they when they add colour because I don't know if they add things or if they they change things about I, I think they can just they can make it whatever they want I think would you not be raging? Imagine you were in the war in 1943 and you, you had black hair or blonde hair and then when your children are watching World War II in colour, they've they've made you ginger. You'd be fucking raging. <laughs> but there's nothing to say that you are now again. You, you would you be hoping, yeah, well, you'd be hoping that you'd come back for the war to, to be raging at that. I mean, even if you come back for the war, by the, by the time you've done World War II in colour, you'd probably still be dead. Aye, <laughs> yeah. But then your legacy is forever that you were the, the ginger soldier in World War II in colour. And that's not a legacy that I want, unless, obviously, I was actually ginger, in which case I'd be fine with it. Did you just hope that they didn't call you in as part of the SS? Aye. <laughs> 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 they didn't colour you in as part that's, that's less about colouring and more about actually like just putting outfits on you. <laughs> which I agree. That's a fucking brilliant concept. World War II in my head and you just add costumes and just change bits about it yeah see like badly dubbed porn did you ever yeah. watch that on Comedy Central uh, if you just did that with a war but you could also add outfits and coloured hair we should do we should do a uh, Mr Science Theatre alternate commentary of uh, World War 2 in colour <laughs> no because after no. your comment no, after your comment no week there I think I think we'd end up getting done. And anti Semite police would be fucking all over us. Yeah, we'd be we'd be uh, going to jail the same as a uh, Major Bugs a Nazi guy on YouTube. How fucking crazy is that? <laughs> no, that is that's wild. I think we'll Obviously, wait. He should have, he should have done it, but no. come on. Yeah, we'll wait and see what the sentence is because he might just be getting sentenced to a thing. Or does if you get in a sentence, does that mean a jail sentence? No, I think well, I can't imagine he'll get my jail sentence. No, because. If anybody listening doesn't know, there's a guy from Coatbridge, Airdrie, basically Central Scotland, that filmed his girlfriend's pug doing like Nazi salutes, and he was saying things like "gassy Jews" or uh, "Heil Hitler," and the the pug was Zekeilin, and it was just meant to wind up his girlfriend, but he did make the fucking stupid mistake of putting it on YouTube, where it will go viral and people will complain, and he's just been found guilty of. What was he found guilty uh, of? Like, hate, hate speech. Hate speech? Yeah. That's that's crazy. Obviously, it's not something you should be fucking doing or do it privately in the house if it is for a laugh. But come on to fuck. You can't, you can't get found guilty of hate speech for... Unless you are an actual bigot. If, you, yeah. if you've got bigoted feelings and you're known as a bigot, then fair enough. But fuck's sake, imagine, imagine anyone actually listened to this podcast. <laughs> we, get done for, we get done for hate speech, slander, just... Fucking just nonsense all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm scared of. <laughs> like we probably shouldn't ever have used our real names. No. We should give ourselves fucking yeah, all the eagles. Ted and William <laughs> versus Evil. <laughs> anyway, that's my rant that's my rant and then that's a dog guy. Yeah. Obviously if he if he'd get it done for it, it's no skin off my nose. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. I just think it's a wee bit fucking wild. Yeah. So cool, we'll be right back after this. 
Wait, wait, wait. No, no. That's copyrighted. Oh. Alright. What about this? What you gonna do, brother, when the High Spots and Chair Shots podcast wait, wait, runs? No, 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 no. What now? Gimmick infringement. Uh, what about if I get a guest to do it? Yeah, give it a shot. Oh, this is the High Spots and Chair Shots podcast. Wait a minute. Isn't he dead? How did we get him? Um, Undertaker's been dead for years. Good point. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, we are a wrestling podcast. We're called High Spots and Chair Shots. We talk about what's going on in the wrestling world between everything that's indie in the UK, pretty much. WWE news, pay-per-views. We do match dissections. Pretty much anything you can think of wrestling-wise, we'll talk about it. It's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, and we make fun of it a little bit, but it's all good fun. We've been wrestling fans for years. Uh, this is a podcast for wrestling fans, made by wrestling fans. So find us on Twitter and Instagram at HSACS Podcast. Listen to us on iTunes and Podbean. And if you're not down with that, we got Wait two- a minute. What? How can you get away with that, and I can't? Logistics. Hey, Paul, what I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then I can can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know, that might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. And, yeah. And, yeah. Well, what about, I ins- like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, I, we might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to, like Robert England and you know sure, just, sure. just all kinds of actors and and I think people will do that I think sure why not well you know what I don't know maybe we're overthinking this whole thing how about if we just tell people where to find us I like that you can find us at who will survive on iTunes Stitcher on the Legion podcast network and on the raw live and unedited podcasting network also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name oh wait can we do it underwater uh, with that, piranhas killing me that would kind of be brutal and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo all right well just get in the water and i'll go get some fish all right cool sorry have you been watching anything else this well, week in the run-up to your massive big midget filled stag do well i've been off all week and uh, Lauren's been busy Sunday so I've had plenty plenty of time to be watching loads, loads and loads of stuff and I have actually watched loads but there's only really one thing that I want to talk about because of this episode and I've been watching the new season of X-Files mm-hmm. and just like Plan 9 I can't entirely tell if they are what what their aim is anymore like season 11 is like they are now a comedy they're almost a parody of themselves like because it always it is always supernatural because always like a lot of the times uh, the episodes were real, you know, like the episodes were like tombs and stuff way back in like season one or two. This guy was like eating, like using bile to make a nest and stretching himself to get through vents. That that was obviously supernatural, but they were done in a way that they felt it was still real, you know. Uh-huh. Whereas this, certainly the episode I watched um, today, 
was it's a, it's one from a couple of weeks ago. I'm not fully up to date with it yet, but it's the it's the one. I don't know if you've been watching it. No, it's, I'm not. Um, so it's based. This episode is based on the Mandela effect. Uh, you know mm-hmm. the Nelson Man- or Mandela effect. Yeah. Uh, but then they call it something different because, and then they, this guy tries to squeeze himself into like all the past, and they've they've got a lot of um, clips from early seasons where this guy's been added in. They tried to say that Mulder and Scully have forgotten. He's been erased. Uh, but it turns out that he's like mentally ill. But the guys for the hospital that come and pick him up for the host, like to take him back to the mental hospital, are driving the fucking Ghostbusters van, and then it's like it's all completely bonkers. Like it's it's it's, it's mostly comedy. But at the end, he's getting taken back to the hospital, and Mulder and Scully feel kind of sorry for him because they realise that it's that all the stuff that he was what he was saying was kind of true. Mm-hmm. Because he worked at the uh, he worked at like the Ministry of Defence. No, that's that's that? fucking Harry Potter. He worked at like the CIA. <laughs> uh, he worked at the uh, the CIA, and uh, he listened in on like Modern Scully's conversation, so he knew all their cases that they worked on. So he was able to say, "I was there at this case, and I was there for tombs, and I was there for you know all the rest of them." And um, so they kind of they felt a bit sorry for him when they realised he was actually just mentally ill and had a breakdown. Uh, so he's getting taken away in the Ghostbusters van, and Mulder says, "Oh, what was uh, what was the last case we worked on?" And it takes him to this like, and the fields, and they're driving like an old kind of red uh, convertible car, and they're driving in the field, and this alien uh, UFO comes zooming down, and this wee guy comes out, and he comes over, and it's a full-on comedy sketch almost, right? Because it's 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 so tongue-in-cheek, it's ridiculous. But he comes over to speak to them, and basically says, "An accent, Donald Trump." And it says we've been uh, we've been looking at your uh, species for a while now, and we've decided we now no longer no longer want anything to do with you because uh, let's face it, you're you're thieves, you're you're lazy, you're rapists. Uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to build a wall, an invisible wall, but it'll be the best wall that anyone's ever seen. You have my word; that will be the best wall, and it will be around you, and you won't be able to leave your world. So, and it's like fully like the Donald Trump thing about the wall in Mexico, and it's funny. And it's on the nose, and it's clear that the creators are like anti-Trump, but it's like, and it's the thing is, in terms of like the the uh, the Exiles world where the cases they've worked on have been real, they have been supernatural. This one, technically, that scene with the alien is isn't real because it's from the mentally ill guy's head. Uh-huh. Um. So I guess if you look at it like that, it's not. It's like a, it's a funny episode, but it's not real in terms of Mulder and Scully's world but when he gets taken into the Ghostbusters van and dri- driven away Skinner comes out of the car and says oh what are they doing where are they taking Reggie and then Mulder and Scully look at each other and they have to say oh wait was he your partner and then the episode ends so you're like like where I mean where the fuck is it going now I don't know It's I think it's Dexville. I think season 10 was crap season 11 is, is enjoyable but in terms of it being an X-Files season it's like I'm like, is this is this the same show that I watched when I was a kid? I've not watched anything after like the original seasons, and, and that's and the thing as well because because I was so young when I watched it, the original seasons, I don't fully remember it because I didn't really watch it as a proper adult, so I don't really know if it was or if it, it's just my head thinking that it was great, if I've got the Mandela effect thinking it was brilliant, or if it genuinely was as good as I remember. You know, that one you just described there sounds about like they're actually. Basically taking the whole Exiles world and being like, yeah, fuck it. Everything you've you've spent your entire life watching, actually rubbish. That it's now a comedy and it's all fucking. If I was a massive Exiles fan, if I watched that thing you've just described, I'd be raging. Yeah, 
It's like I want to watch this whole season and then listen, try and catch back on um, Duncan uh, and I think it's Bo. They do a I don't know uh-huh. party podcast under the stairs, but it's a separate show and they they've been looking at this season of the X Files and discussing the episodes as they've been coming out. So I want to um, watch watch the whole season and then listen to those episodes and see if uh, they've got the same thoughts as I have. No, after what Duncan said about us last week in that wee clip, <laughs> Duncan can go fuck himself. <laughs> With a pillow. <laughs> yeah, with a pillow. Uh, that's actually going to be the rest of my night now. Just fucking pillow hunting videos. I'd rather watch that than the end episode of the X-Files, obviously. <laughs> uh, is, uh, what one's the woman? Mulder? Scully. Scully. <laughs> uh, is Scully not left now? I think she's sacked. She's not going to do it in our season. Yeah, I think it's finished after this one. I think that's it. Definitely finished, yeah. Because she married, the, she married the creator like years ago, and now obviously they're not together anymore. So it must be dead awkward. I you know, maybe he's just thought, "Fuck, I'm just going to ruin your career now." <laughs> yeah. So now you signed up for it. I'm just going to write this stupid, stupid script. It, it seems not. Some things should be left left alone. I understand that the original seasons still exist, but just leave it. Like if they, if they brought out a new series of Buffy. I'd, I'd be raging which they're uh, talking Buffy about Buffy that, that it'll, it'll be shit it'll ruin it Buffy is a older older lady that can't fight vampires not interested when not they're not interested bringing Sarah Michelle Gellar back though are they they've got to reboot it from like brand new but then it's not then rubbish is all the Buffy you've seen before if it's brand new or are they just going to, are they just going to set it in the Sunnydale world with all new characters I think so or maybe they should just set it as like the next generation Slayer because She'll be Juwan. No? So, the, so then everything that happened with Buffy and that actually still did happen. But yeah. in, this is a new time. Nah, that can maybe work. Like, they're also remaking uh, Sabrina Teenage Witch. I'm all for that because I fucking love Sabrina Teenage yeah. Witch and it's, I'd love to see her again. It's supposed to be darker as well this time. It should, it should be well dark. Yeah. Ima- imagine you were a fucking emo witch as a teenager. Some of the shit you'd be doing is oh, far too dark for Nickelodeon. You'd just be like zapping dicks on all your pillows. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I watched... It. Oh, no, I did on the new uh, Jared Leto movie on Netflix called The Outsider. Right. Uh, it's about like the Yakuza in the 50s. Cinematography is brilliant, but it's two hours long and it feels like... Every, everything that happens just happens so quickly like there's no a whole lot of character development it's like oh he's going to get an Yakuza now he's in the Yakuza now he's doing this and now he's doing that it, it just uh, for a, even though it's a two hour movie a lot of it seems really rushed but still worth a watch because the way it looks and then the, the kind of background history in the Yakuza is, is really really interesting so check it out if you've got two hours to spare and you want to see Jared Leto with her as a Japanese man Hmm, yeah, I'll, I'll get that a go. So we are this weekend. We are off to Prague, the Czech Republic, for people in America who don't know where Prague is, uh, for Scott's stag do before he gets married to his it, lovely fiance. That's also a bachelor party for people in America who don't know what stag do is. <laughs> yep, and we've got lots of things planned, and there's a good chance that Scott may not come back. So we could be back next week. We may be back the week after. It may just come back as Lean versus Evil, and I'll we'll discuss what happened to Scott and how we can no longer, no longer do this podcast. So we'll see what happens. 
I'm nervous. Are you, are you, I was going to say, are you more nervous than you were before this? Yes. I'm not even going to tell you if you should or shouldn't be because part of the fun is getting to that airport and then just seeing your face. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, where can you find us? Uh, you can find us online if you go to Facebook and you search Scott and Liam versus Evil. We have a Facebook group there that's growing by the day. Uh, it's loads of interaction. It's becoming an actual thing now, so get, definitely get in just now. It's probably not on the ground level anymore, but it's still pretty low down, so get in before it takes flying off. You can also get us on Twitter at Scott and Liam versus, and we're on Instagram at Scott and Liam versus Evil. Bye. See you later. You have seen this incident based on sworn testimony. Can you prove that it didn't happen? Perhaps on your way home, someone will pass you in the dark. And you will never know it, for they will be from outer space. Many scientists believe that another world is watching us this moment. We once laughed at the horseless carriage, the aeroplane, the telephone, the electric light, vitamins, radio, and even television. And now some of us laugh at outer space. God help us in the future.